Da 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 da. Okay, that that isn't working. This is Kurt with Leading Saints. This is the podcast. Obviously, you're on a podcast app and you press play. You expected my voice to come out. Now I'm the host of the Leading Saints podcast. If you're new, well, uh, I welcome you, and this is a good episode to start on. If you're new, because we're going to dive into some a lot of details related to Leading Saints, but just a quick summary: we are a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping Latter Day Saints be better prepared to lead. And the podcast is one way we do that. We have a newsletter, website, leadingsaints.org. You know, there's many people who actually have uh, listened to the podcast for years and never actually gone to our website. I implore you, go check it out, leadingsaints.org. Lots of great content and and you, you just, just do it. We'd love it. So this is a solo episode. Just me, folks. Sorry to disappoint you. No expert on the line. No author. Just me. But hopefully I can uh, deliver some value and give you uh, a perspective on the future of leading saints, what we expect in 2021. I'm excited for it. There's so much opportunity, so many great interviews that I already have recorded, some that I will have recorded soon, and I'm sure remarkable individuals that I'll meet in the future that will uh, add to our perspective as a community at Leading Saints. Now, before we get into the meat of this episode, I wanted to uh, just give a tribute to a past guest of Leading Saints, and this is how this came to be. I uh, was at home doing the dishes, actually. That's right. Got to do my my part around here. And uh, doing the dishes, my phone rang, picked it up, and it was uh, a sweet lady uh, that was requesting uh, some details about her contribution to Leading Saints. And so I went to my computer and asked for her email so I could look up uh, her account and look at uh, her into her question. And the email she gave me was one I recognized. It was the email of David Farnsworth. And I said, oh, well, I've I've interviewed your husband before on uh, Leading Saints. And uh, if you're not familiar with that episode, you've got to check it out. We'll put it in the show notes, but it is becoming a master interviewer uh, with an interview with David Farnsworth. And uh, anyways, she then told me that uh, he just a few months ago passed away and oh, my heart broke. He was such a remarkable mentor, uh, somebody who, and this is how I originally met David. I was, uh, I got an email one day that just said, I've been listening to your podcast. I can make you a better interviewer. Let me know if you're interested. And I was like, man, I'm always open to feedback, especially someone with some experience that to make me a better interviewer, I'm all game. So I responded right away before he knew it. I was on the call on the phone with David and uh, he was walking me through, giving me some advice. And I, uh, we, we later met up, we went to a restaurant and uh, had a long conversation. And let me tell you, this wasn't like, this was like serious feedback that David gave me. Like, it was like, when you do this, stop doing that. When you do that, don't do that anymore and, and try this and this and the other thing. And now, even today, I, I use certain tactics in my interviewing style that David David taught me. And so I'm so grateful for him, the mentorship he gave me. I Even after I interviewed him, you know, so this obviously led to an interview with him on the podcast about how to interview people, because obviously as leaders, we're called upon to interview people. Even after that interview, he, I remember he called me up and he and he sort of gave it to me. I, I mean, he was always nice, but he was just always direct and said, "This you asked me this question and, and you didn't give me a time to respond or this, then you, you moved on too quickly, right? So, and I loved it. And I just said, man, thanks, David. Just keep keep it coming. Now, he, he went on a mission with his wife to Hawaii. And so, you know, he was doing his mission thing and I actually interviewed him again for the Teaching Saints Virtual Summit. If you haven't checked that out, definitely do so. And uh, had a great interview about asking questions during a, as a teacher in a class. And he did a great job, phenomenal job teaching that. And then I kind of figured, you know, I'll let him finish his mission and then maybe we can reconnect when he gets back. And and I knew that he was uh, probably back. And I, every so often I have the thought of, oh, I got to reach out to David and see 
how he's doing. Maybe there's another interview we need to do. And, uh, you know, then before I knew it, the call came from his wife and notified me that he passed on. So what a remarkable man. I just want to pay tribute to him. Grateful for all the guests and all the support, all the people behind the scenes helping us move this mission forward. Now, let's talk about that mission for a little bit, what it is. And, And a lot of people, when I meet them in person or have a casual interaction with them, a lot of people ask me, so how on earth did Leading Saints start? And I've shared this before. If you've heard the story, you can uh, skip ahead a little bit, but let me quickly uh, give that that experience. So this is how it went. When I came home from my mission, I started to attend a a student ward at the Salt Lake Community College Institute building in, uh, I guess it's technically Taylorsville that it's in. And uh, it was the ward that I actually met my wife in. So I, I attended there. Soon I was called as the Elders Corps president. Now, this was my first leadership role that I had ever had. I had been a district leader on my mission, but, you know, it was a handful of companionships. It wasn't like intense leadership by any means. And so being an Elders Corps president, this was, this was uh, some new ground for me. And it was overwhelming. I had 100 plus elders in my quorum. I really wanted to make a difference, right? We've all, many of us have been there, right? You get called to a calling and you want to make a difference. You want to you want to see the needle move towards success. You want to see progress happen. You want to see lives touched, right? So I thought, well, this is great. I'm going to do it. You know, I've seen other elders quorum presidents fail or maybe not measure up, but that's not going to be me. Well, it was me. I, I tried really hard. I didn't know how to delegate. I did the old guilt trip lesson for home teaching. I mean, I did. I made every mistake most leaders make. And I obviously met my wife, like I said, and we got married and moved out of that ward. And I sort of left that experience after it was about nine, nine months to a year. I left that experience just feeling <sighs> discouraged. You know, I, I really thought I was going to make a difference and nothing really happened, but oh, well, whatever. We moved on. And then uh, before we knew it, we were moving into this ward in South Salt Lake and I was called into the bishopric. I served a few years in the bishopric and then that bishop was released and I was called as the high priest group leader. And during that time, when that call came, I thought, oh, no, like, here we go again. I'm going to try really hard. I'm going to make try and make a difference. But is it worth it? Like, is that effort worth it? What's the point? And I couldn't understand why I could walk into any bookstore, Barnes and Noble, look on Amazon, wherever I could walk into any bookstore and there'd be bookshelves full of life leadership, business leadership, family leadership. I mean, everybody was talking about leadership in some context. But nobody was really talking about best practices of leaders in the church, right? You know, how to run a meeting, how to mentor someone through an addiction, how to, uh, how to interview somebody, right? Like nobody was really talking about the tangible tactics and skills and how to be a better leader. And I thought, you know, I'm not a leadership expert by any means, but maybe I could create a platform to bring the experts, to sit them down and say, okay, walk us through this principle. What are we missing? What do we need to learn? And uh, so I went out and I bought the domain name leadingLDS.com. And there it began as a blog. And really at the beginning, you can go back to those early articles that I wrote. I try not, even though I'm terribly embarrassed by many of them. I, uh, don't, I don't delete them just because I think they show where, where we've come uh, as an organization. You know, I would write, I'd read a book like, uh, I've got it right here, Daniel Pink's Drive, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates People. And I would read the book and I'd pinpoint certain principles and research that he'd study. And then I'd write an article about how that applies to the Latter-day Saint world and leading in the church, right? And there it went. And that was in 2010 when we started, when I started uh, the blog and little by little, it grew, right? And by 2014, podcasting was becoming a thing. And I thought, you know, I've had a lot of experience public speaking. 
I feel comfortable behind a mic, so why don't I give that a go? And through the help of many people understanding the technology, the software, the equipment, I started the podcast in 2014. And by 2016, we became a nonprofit organization. And that's really when I went full time with Leading Saints. And uh, here we are now in 2020. So, and during that time, you know, I was I went from being the high priest group leader, was called as a, a bishop after that, of that ward, and then called in the state presidency. And so that gave me like different perspectives to see different issues and hurdles that leaders face. And that helped drive the content and topics that we talk about. And and now we've grown since then. We get as many as a quarter of a million downloads a month on the podcast, you know, 18,000 people on our newsletter, and it just keeps, keeps growing. And it is remarkable. I, I never thought I, I would really, it would get to this point, but it's so fun that we're here and there's so much more to talk about and consider in this journey. So that's, that's the general history of Leading Saints. Now, first of all, there's a few misconceptions about Leading Saints. So I just want to take a chance to explain, hopefully clearly, what we are and uh, what we are trying to accomplish. So you can actually go to our about page at leadingsaints.org slash about. And I need to say, uh, we changed our name from Leading LDS to Leading Saints, I believe in 2018, when obviously that, you know, getting rid of the LDS was uh, the push, right? So, and I was so excited to go move forward with Leading Saints because several times I thought, man, I wish I would have called this thing Leading Saints in the beginning because that just seems, I like that. It's simple. You know, there's no acronym or it's just Leading Saints, two words, that's who we are and here we go. And and lo and behold, uh, that's what we are now. But on the about page at uh, leadingsaints.org slash about, go spend some time there. And it really gives you an understanding of what we are. We have four pillars, four ways that Leading Saints paves the way for more confident and prepared Latter-day Saint leaders. And let me go through these. And this is really what we're about. And if something doesn't fit under these four categories, it's really not what we're about. Okay. So the first one is we connect leaders. We connect Latter-day Saints from around the world in order to share the most effective leadership ideas, thoughts, and scholarship. So that's a big thing we do, and you'll hear that on the podcast, right? I may talk with a, a Sunday school president in, in Springfield, Missouri. I may talk with a bishop in Spain, a Relief Society president in Australia, and just asking the question, how do you lead? What have you learned? What's working in your area, whether it's during a pandemic or not? You know, How do you do girls camp? All these things, right? And just hearing the other perspectives is helpful. Now, you may not always agree with them, or maybe you see a flaw in their approach, but I just think in general, it's helpful to connect leaders. And so that's what we do. Pillar one, we connect leaders. Pillar two, we enhance leadership ability. We make available educational opportunities to enhance leadership ability. So this is something probably I need to adjust a little bit, but what people misunderstand is they sometimes think we're a training organization. And we, I will be the first to clearly state, we are not a training organization. We don't have you know, the 10-step process to do this, the, the handbook to learn this skill. We just simply want to put information out there. And if you absorb it and that improves your ability or your ability to lead, then great, wonderful. But we don't have a certification program. We haven't figured out the best way to be a bishop or the worst way to be a Relief Society president. We just share experiences, bring in experts, and hopefully there's some things to learn from that. So, a lot of people say or define us as, oh, leading saints, they're this like training organizations for church leaders. Nope, that's not what we do, primarily because that's not our place to do anything. That's the that's the church's role to train, officially train their leaders, right? Now, I get it. Some of you are thinking, yeah, but we don't get any training. Well, maybe so, but hopefully some of these principles can inspire leaders in your area to seek out, you know, or put together their own training. Maybe a bishop will hear some principles or read a book and say, you know what, we need to talk to our ward council about uh 
how to more effectively minister, how to do a home visit, or how to address the culture in our ward, right? And then the bishop can go ahead and create the training that he sees fit for his organization. But we as leading saints, we are not a training organization, but we do try and enhance leadership ability. And it probably sounds more about semantics, but we definitely don't want to label ourselves as a training organization. Pillar number three, we present leadership scholarship. We seek out leadership scholars to help Latter-day Saints have the most relevant and current research in order to overcome any organizational hurdle. So this is where we bring the experts in, right? Obviously, pillar one, we're trying to connect leaders, but we're not always connecting you to leaders who are experts. Sometimes they're just everyday leaders who figure something out, and it's interesting to hear their perspective. But we also strive to find those uh, the scholarship out there, the people who've done the research studies or have written the book or have put more time and effort into really to really diffusing a, a leadership problem that we might see in our leadership in the church, right? And so uh, we reach out to those scholars or those experts and, and interview them. And hopefully that, that research, that expertise will inspire you to maybe better understand an issue, right? About maybe pornography uh, addiction or understand an issue about uh, sexual abuse, whatever it is. And from there, you can take it and research more and, and hopefully, again, improve your leadership ability. And then our last pillar is an obvious one. I think one that we can all love and embrace, and that is we celebrate divine guidance. So we, res- we celebrate restored governing priesthood keys, spiritual inspiration, and living prophets, which are sacred sources of divine leadership, and recognize that all leadership direction yields to this divine source. So it's fun to talk about leadership, different principles, interview authors who have a perspective. But at the end of the day, we, as we know in our doctrine, we default to those priesthood keys. Now, there's a lot we could talk about around that, but it is a beautiful thing that even though we might have the research, even though... There's a right or a wrong way to approach the situation. We may feel, or a priesthood leader, or a, any you know any leader acting under the direction of priesthood keys, they may feel a certain prompting. They may have an experience with the spirit that leads them in a different direction. And yeah, all the leadership scholars would look at that and shake their heads and think, no, 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 that's not how you do it. But we celebrate that that divine guidance exists, and uh, that it should definitely be employed in this effort to be better leaders and to lead more effectively. So that is what we are. We connect leaders, we try and enhance leadership ability, we present leadership scholarship, and we celebrate divine guidance of priesthood keys. So anything else that fits under that, we just don't do. And I'm going to get into some questions that maybe will help you uh, further understand why these, why these four pillars are so crucial. But I think the best way to summarize all that is that we're not a training organization. We are a community of leaders, and we try and stimulate a community of leaders online through the modern day technologies so that we can learn from one another and again, be better prepared to lead. So that community is truly what we, what we aim for. And I'll tell you, we have some great, some great ideas, some things we're looking on to stimulate that community, giving it more resources. You know, right now we have the leading saints helpers group on Facebook that uh, we get some good discussion there. It's not as organized as I'd like it to be, you know, and so we're looking into some technologies and applications that are going to help us really uh, stimulate that, that community so that we can uh, help each other out and move forward and, and see improved ability in, in the leadership realm for Latter-day Saints. All right. So I recently asked through various social media platforms what questions the audience had, and I gathered a handful of these and that, that I'll answer. And again, if you aren't following us on, on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, Twitter, really is helpful, even if you don't spend a lot of time there. Just with that, how the way the algorithms work and whatnot, it would be really helpful for you to go there 
and uh, like us or follow us and make sure that you're tuned in there. Whether you read stuff or not, again, the, it just helps to have as many followers there as, as possible. So let's jump into some of these questions. And some of them, we're, we're going to be all over the map here, but uh, nonetheless, it'll be fun. So a lot of people have asked me, especially in Latin America, and I get several emails from Latin America saying, hey, this is great. I'm so glad I speak English so that I can listen to this. But what about Spanish? There's so many saints down here that speak Spanish, so many leaders that would benefit from this content if it was in Spanish. And many of those requests have uh, you know, offered to translate and do these things. And I'm sure there's others, uh, Italian speaking, French speaking, Russian speaking uh, members of the church who are thinking, and yeah, it'd be great to, to have these these resources in our own language. Now, obviously, the church does a much better job at this. Obviously, they have the resources and and uh, the team to do so with translation and, and making sure they get in more in more uh, languages. But uh, we're probably, if there is an additional language of leading saints, it'll be Spanish to start out with. And uh, we have some things in the works. As a board, we're trying to get to, we have a board of directors, which again, you can read about on the leadingsaints.org slash about. We've uh, discussed this and we're working on a few other things that are priority before we really go all in and in changing uh, or into entering different language uh, markets. I don't know if that's probably not the best word to use, but you know what I mean. And uh, and the big thing is just the financing of it. It costs a lot to do that sort of thing. And and uh, you know, I obviously leading saints in English was is was a volunteer effort by myself for many years. And so, anyways, we're we're finding people who are willing to volunteer. So hopefully that comes in the near future. No promises as that exactly when, but anyways, it's coming. Next question. I'd be interested in what your approach to helping us figure out what family-centered, church-supported really looks like. What does and doesn't leading saints do? So this goes back to my explanation about the four pillars of leading saints. And this is another good example. A lot of people will come and say, okay, Kurt, we have this come follow me process now. Like, when are you going to create content around how to do come follow me? Or or we have the the self-reliance initiative. You know, what's leading saints think about the self-reliance initiative? Or what about this part of the handbook or that part of the handbook? And this is sort of where we... I mean, sure, we'll, we may interview somebody about these programs, but it's we try and stay very principle focused, right? When it comes to leadership, we try not to. Though sometimes we we wade into some of these areas, but we try not to define what an effective approach to a specific program or initiative is, as far as the church. Like if the church created it, they will typically create some resources around that to help you execute it effectively. Now, some may argue, yeah, but it's not enough resources. We want to know what other people are doing. And again, we'll touch on those things here or there, but we don't see us as like an organization that now, now that the church has put forward this family-centered church-supported initiative or, you know, through Come Follow Me, we don't see us as an organization that now has to go out and figure out how that's done, how to effectively do that. Again, we may touch on that, but we don't see that as core to our mission, but we will go out and find certain principles Right. So if a family centered, church supported effort is going on, we may go out and say, well, how does a, a mother and a father have really effective discussions with a child, regardless of what the topic is? Right. And obviously, you can take those principles and apply them to come follow me or this, this family centered approach. Right. But we generally don't come out with like the 10 step guide to do family centered, church supported. Again, you'll probably find a few articles that maybe lean that way, but we, <laughs> if they do, it's mainly just to, uh, grab some search engine optimization and maybe a little clickbaity so that people can actually click click and consume the the content. I apologize. I'm a marketer, so I kind of do that stuff. 
All right, this is a very uh, current question. The question is, with home-centered church and virtual church, where many people can't perform callings like they used to, how can leading saints stay relevant and of use? Because six months of not being useful can lose a lot of interest and people move on to find resources that are relevant to the now. And I've felt like this recently, like I'm holding on to leading saints for some reason when I could easily just let it go as if as it doesn't serve the same purpose now as it did one to two years ago. So this was an interesting question because I obviously what they're getting at is, you know, you talk about leadership, but this it's different now, right? It's it's home centered or it's uh yeah, centered home centered church is what they say, right? And it seemed like back in the summer or right after, you know, the shutdowns and the pandemic sort of flared up, we did try and focus on some very focused, you know, pandemic content. Now, there wasn't a lot of direct areas to go, in my opinion. Some may disagree with that. but And so we then shifted back to, again, just being more principle-focused. And some of those discussions did sound like, you know, this is what you do when you meet for Sunday school in the Sunday school room at church. And it's hard to relate to that. Now, we don't do this perfectly, but we always strive to stay principle-focused, like I said. And I believe anytime we talk about a principle, even though we may use examples, anecdotes, that aren't as relevant today. We try and make the content as evergreen as possible by staying principle focused, but we believe those principles that are discussed can be applied to whatever situation you're in, even in a pandemic, right? Now you may have to brainstorm and think of a different approach to do that. But recently we have, as many of you have heard, we have shifted back to maybe creating more content like the interview we did with Dan Duckworth, right? Or the interview we did with uh, Jeff Harbach. So where it's very focused on how to help youth or how to teach in the pandemic setting or with virtual church. Now, I believe those episodes will still be valuable to listen to long after the pandemic is over or long after we go back to a regular attendance at church. So I appreciate the openness and and it it does help me hear that maybe some people aren't here, aren't finding leading saints as helpful during this uh, odd time, but we are trying to find uh, different uh, angles and answer certain questions that will help you in the here and now. Now, this next question, I, I won't read it verbatim, but basically saying, how can we help leaders that necessarily aren't interested in improving as leaders? How do we get them engaged in this content so they actually consider some of these principles we discuss on leading saints? This is an interesting question. One, a perspective I hear often is just that, you know, man, my my bishop just doesn't get it, or I really struggle with my Relief Society president, and if they would just listen to Leading Saints or read this article or listen to that episode, they would have a new perspective like I did. Like I listened to it, I had this awakening to this principle, and now I'm going to do it, I would do it different, but my leader just isn't doing that. Here's the reality, is that Leading Saints, as much as I wanted to be for everybody, it just really isn't for everybody. And if a leader doesn't want to subscribe to the podcast and listen, I'm okay with that. You know, I wish they would, but maybe there's other resources they find helpful, right? Maybe they found a, a book or I don't know what it would be that they, they're finding help. But And I realize there are some leaders, bless their hearts, who don't seem to be trying to improve. They just feel like they have it figured out, right? One of the most crucial leadership characteristics, in my opinion, is uh, self-awareness. And a lot of leaders make little attempt to be self-aware. And I think that I would argue that hurts their leadership, but maybe they think they're good. So it's hard. I get it. And we have various resources. And I think there's another question I'll get to as far as what do you do when you are that person who just is trapped under maybe what you would define as poor leadership. 
you know, there's various things we can do and there's still opportunities to lead. But if we can't force anybody to listen to the podcast, we can't, you know, mandate it. And so we'll just keep creating content. And maybe at some point, and I hear about this all the time, so many leaders find it or they've heard about it before, but didn't really look into it. Then they find it. They start binge listening to past episodes and uh, they get caught up. But let's just keep praying for them because they really are doing the best that they can. Next question. How do we adapt to changing world conditions without acting outside leaders' guidance? This is a good question. I mean, that's uh, if there, that's a similar question I've heard before with, you know, you give all these great ideas, but what if the idea that I have according to principle is outside the realm of the handbook or what if my bishop doesn't want to do it, right? Again, we go back to that fourth pillar that we celebrate divine guidance. And sometimes that divine guidance is in a direction that maybe leadership scholars would would not agree with. But I would argue that there is so much wiggle room as you read closely in the handbooks. There's so much more we could do to really make a difference and shift a culture of an organization that to me, this isn't even an issue. Like this isn't, there's no barrier that would really holds a leader back from being a dynamic leader and one that causes positive cultural change. Next question. So what's on the docket for 2021? What is leading Saints mission in preparing for the second coming? How much happens as exposure or business or feedback and how much happens as inspiration? So this is a good question. I mean, at the end of the day, leading Saints is an organization. We are a incorporated company, right? A nonprofit business. And so, yeah, there is a business component to much of what we do, right? We have to raise money. We have to have revenue so that we can continue to uh, to have our mission. As uh, somebody told me, who I think this is a big phrase at Franklin Covey, there's no mission without the margin. We have to have the financial margin in order to accomplish the mission. And so that that's tricky. But I assure you, every every interview, every podcast episode, including this one, starts with prayer. We are always trying to be reflective as a board. Every board meeting starts with prayer, right? Like we are trying to be in tune. We are trying to recognize what our boundaries are. We are trying to be as proactive as possible, of seeking out the inspiration. Now, obviously, we're not an official, you know, organization under the structure of the church. You know, there's no priesthood keys that we're acting under. So, nonetheless, all that considered, we do our best to be as thoughtful as uh, prayerful in all the content that we create, hoping that is helping Latter-day Saints be better prepared to lead. So as far as ushering in the second coming, I I guess that's not always on the top of my mind as I wake up in the morning and go about my business. Maybe it should be, but you know, we hope that leading saints plays a part in, in ushering in the second coming in some way. We want Christ to return and we would love that. And there you have it. Maybe it's not directly written in our mission, but uh, we would love to play a role in the building of God's kingdom. And, uh, helping usher in the, the return of our Savior. Here's a question I get often. What contact has leading saints had with church headquarters or authorized leadership? Have any ideas presented to leading saints caught the attention of general authorities? The short answer is, I don't know. I obviously, like, again, the fourth pillar, we celebrate divine guidance. Uh, we don't necessarily have a certain contact in the church that we're running things by, or, you know, I, I would love to have a regular lunch with Elder Bednar or, President Oaks or, you know, but that's probably not going to happen, nor do I expect it to. And that's okay. But yeah, the short answer is there's there's no communication with the church, mainly because the church just doesn't do that, right? But you'd be surprised. I don't think many members realize how many third-party nonprofit organizations are out there that are assisting the church in their mission. So for example, Leading Saints is one. North Star is another one. I'm proud to be uh, have a seat on their board. The More Good Foundation 
There is Book of Mormon Central. There is Fair Mormon. You know, all these organizations that are working autonomously apart from the church, but that the church recognizes they're helping them in ways that maybe the church can't do, right? And a lot of people will ask me, do you ever expect the church to to uh, absorb you, to buy you out, or even though you can't, I don't own the organization since it's a nonprofit, so I, I can't sell it to anybody, but do you ever expect the church to sort of absorb or do what you're doing? And I don't know, maybe that maybe they'll do that, but I don't think, there, we have a lot of leeway and uh, wiggle room when it comes to certain topics we can talk about, right? Where if the church tried to talk about in official capacity, some of the topics that we talk about, it'd be much more difficult for them because they have, there's a lot of red tape. There's the, there's a, their interaction with how the, how the media would interpret that. And at the end of the day, I can just say, you know, we're an organization. I do this. Uh, I run this organization. I have no connection with the church. I'm not an official representative of the church. And so if you didn't like that topic that we discussed or the way we discussed it, sorry, I'm just a guy, right? Or we're just an organization doing this and, and we're not connected with the church. So there is a lot of freedom in being an independent organization. And we're able to talk about certain topics and reach a certain audience without some of the unfortunate restrictions or boundaries that the church has just being a large organization, right? Next question. This person just says, what about an app? I would love, and this is one of my dreams right now, if you ask most people in the audience, what is leading saints? They'll typically say it's a podcast, but I hope in the future it will be, it's an app, right? Or an organization that has a great app, right? And there is so much we could do with an app to give you just the rough ballpark uh, as far as what it would take to get a solid app that's not going to break every other day that I will, you, that you'll email me about in frustration. It's going to take an investment about fifty to sixty thousand dollars just to get the app going, and then maintenance is much lower than that. But uh, we're just not there yet. But I would love to to be there. I would love to create an app that's just phenomenal and uh, more helpful and able to you know help you to to uh, peruse content, find content tag content that's going to help you in specific situations. So that's in the future, but it's just all about raising the money and having the finances to do that. Next question. Have you thought about doing some sort of fireside workshop training tour? You could hold polls for where to do them and go to the most requested places. So this is interesting. Obviously, there's current restrictions as far as travel that make it more difficult. You know, obviously you can travel, but I don't think, you know, there's anywhere, there's a few places I could go to have an event and have a lot of people come just because we're we're sort of shut down right now, right? But definitely in the future, and we've done in the past, is I've, uh, you know, I've traveled to Colorado, to California, to where else? Uh, back East. I'm work in talks with someone in South Carolina uh, to come out and sort of do, you know, we, I've done firesides and, uh, and workshop type things. And uh, it's great. And we do them, you know, not, we can't always do them inside the church if it's a official leading saints event, but I've done firesides where I've been asked to come and speak. And I don't mention or talk about leading saints, but we talk about certain principles that are gospel related and people seem to appreciate them. So yeah, I would be happy to come anywhere in the world. Typically it helps if someone has a place for us to stay and uh, so we can uh, supplement some of those costs and make it really cheap. But I love traveling different places and you'll hear this through the podcast is when I go to a place like recently, I went to Missouri, Springfield, Missouri, and I was able to interview a lot of different people in person, and it makes for a better interview and uh, get a better feel of that area. So uh, I would love to, I plan at some point to go to Australia. I've gotten a lot of emails from Australia, people wishing that we could come down there and maybe interview some people and, and in Europe and all these things. So obviously right now, 
that may not be as, as likely. I do have a conference that I signed up for long ago in Nashville. And so I was planning on doing something out in Nashville while I was there, but that's in March. And uh, I don't know if that'll be happening, but we'll see. But if you are interested in doing a fireside or a workshop, even via Zoom, I am more than happy to do that or facilitate that or connect you with someone that can. And these are, you know, they they can be very simple. As, as you've seen, you know, maybe guest speakers come into a, a leadership meeting or whatever, like I've got all sorts of content to come in and facilitate a really engaging presentation for local leaders. Now, obviously, it's only done under the direction of a stake president, a bishop, if that's what they want done. We don't charge. We don't ask for money. We don't bring up donations. We don't fundraise. We barely even mention our organization. We just want to help. And if there's an expert or someone who's willing to do that, we are happy to facilitate that. But we definitely do so appropriately so that we're not trying to fundraise or or push a certain uh, agenda when in reality, we just want to uh, have a discussion about leadership or have a discussion about a certain topic. Another person asked, uh, what about retreats, leadership retreats? So, This would be cool, right? We have a church tour, church history tour that is scheduled for July that has been, it was postponed last year. We'll see if it'll take off this year, but we're always hoping. And that's just a, you know, I guess it's a retreat, but again, we're not a training organization. So as far as having a retreat where we, where we do specific training or, you know, certifications or whatnot, that's not what we do. But there are not only the, not only the church history tour, but I've mentioned the Warrior Heart organization. They do men's retreats which are phenomenal. Like you, if you haven't been to one, make sure you go to awarriorheart.com and uh, check out when the next one is. Obviously we've had to postpone a few because of COVID, but uh, the women's retreat, they also have a women's organization attached to that. And these, these are phenomenal. Go back and we'll link to those episodes in the show notes uh, to get more on that. But other than that, I don't see any specific retreat, you know, in our future, but if you have some ideas, I'd love to hear them. What about uh, moderated forums where people with the, the similar callings or leadership responsibilities can ask questions and, and create discussion? So this is, I think I mentioned before, uh, this is definitely a community building effort that we hope to establish in 2021 to give you more of a formal uh, forum to discuss. Again, you can go to Leading Saints Helpers on Facebook and there's a discussion there. But again, it's just not as dynamic as I'd like it to be. I think there's more we could do to really zero in on certain topics or callings or experiences that would help. So that's coming. So this person asks, leading from, uh, as far as leading from the bottom up, in other words, how someone with a smaller calling or no calling can still lead. So I wrote a whole PDF on this. If you go to, or you can text the word lead to 474747, and it'll send you a link to a page where it has, a, has a, an article called How to Lead When You're Not a Leader. I think it's something like that. I forget the exact title. And that's probably a good place to start. But that's probably a whole discussion topic on their own. But we do have resources there. And I would encourage you that if you're not a leader, you should still act like a leader. And oh, man, we got some good content coming up around that. So check it there. This person says, I'm curious about your whole podcast process. How do you get how do you get and schedule interviews? How do you prepare for the interviews? What techniques do you use to help the interviews flow? What editing or and other things are are you doing behind the scenes? So. The short answer is if you go to, if you follow us on Instagram, I try and be every day, I try and be proactive of just sharing behind the scenes stuff, what I'm working on, who I'm interviewing, what episodes to expect or content to expect. And so that's a good place to start. But as far as the process, you know, I, we all, we get emails a lot and we encourage people to send in recommendations of people we should talk to, man, but there's only 50 or so episodes a, a year that 
we have to be very specific on who we put on there. And sometimes even there's some really good people that we don't, we don't get on the podcast. So, but keep sending them in. So we, we get a lot of suggestions that way. Just yesterday, I got in touch with a sibling of someone who was in a general presidency of the church. I won't mention who they are now, just in case it doesn't work out, but, and they've, we're working on getting them on the podcast and hearing from them. So just uh, being proactive, you know, connecting our networks and that's generally how it's done. Uh, also, Desert Book or Cedar Fort uh, Publishers, as as different books will come out, they'll reach out to me and say, "Hey, will you help us promote this book?" And you can interview this people, uh, you know, the author or whatever. That's how I've gotten people like Sister Julie Beck and Tad Callister. And there's some few. Uh, Elder Carden is about to release a book through Cedar Fort, and so I've been emailing with him and getting having plans to uh, have an interview and record a discussion with him that I can share with all of you. So that's generally how the interviews happen. How do I prepare for the interviews? If there's a book involved, I always try and read the book. I hope that comes across. You know, I always want to make sure I have a good idea of what they've written about. And then, you know, sometimes the book isn't directly leadership related. So I'll find a caveat that it can be leadership related and go that direction. And sometimes I'll get a book and I'm like, "Eh, this isn't really helpful for my audience or I don't see how we can have a leadership discussion. So we just don't do an interview. But as far as like techniques to help the interviews, I hope I'm I hope I'm improving. Like I said, David Farnsworth helps so much with just keeping the interview moving, making sure I'm getting all the content and information out. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're, I just try and be super curious and try and keep all of you in mind as as leaders that uh, it's great that they have this or that thought, but what does that mean for leaders, right? I try and always push it that way. All right. And if you have any other questions, I would love to hear from you at leadingsaints.org slash contact send me a message. Uh, it'd be awesome. Also, we've been doing these Zoom calls with a group, 10 people or less in the Leading Saints audience, and I've loved them just in an hour here. I'm going to be uh, on a call with uh, with somebody else, or a group of people and discussing Leading Saints. And so it is, uh, I love doing that. And I get a lot of good feedback and I just hear how the information is being, being applied. So, so yeah, if you have any other questions, go there and I'd love to hear from you. And through the magic of podcasting, 12 hours has passed or probably 15, 16 hours have passed since uh, what you heard 10 seconds ago. And uh, mainly uh, there was a lot there and uh, probably took too long uh, explaining it, but I am, uh, I want to make sure I hit this next part solid because at the end of the day, Leading Saints is awesome. I mean, it's helping so many people and I don't think you truly realize the impact it's having. So I hope to communicate that here, but the reality is we are in an unsustainable position financially we cannot continue on as we are doing right now. And so the board of Leading Saints has come together and and uh, wise minds thinking through how we could better fundraise, how we could reach out to larger donors, how we could better finance this mission. Because again, there's no mission without the margin. And uh, we definitely have to figure out how to meet that margin every year. So this is how the financial model of Leading Saints is currently working. We have what are called core leaders. And you're probably uh, familiar with these, they are subscribing donors. So individuals who either donate to leading saints on a monthly, quarterly, or yearly basis, that is what we consider a core leader. And those are awesome. I mean, I can't thank you enough for the core leaders out there who uh, contribute to uh, give part of your monthly budget to leading saints so that we can continue on. We have about uh, just over 1,100 core leaders. And again, we get as many as a quarter of a million downloads a month to the podcast. Uh, we have 18,000 people on our email list, right? So 
But nonetheless, we only have 1,100 core leaders. Again, I'm thankful for every last one of them, but we definitely need more help there. What we're doing right now is the virtual summits supplement what the core leaders don't meet, right? So if we only had core leaders, we, we'd we be done a long time ago, as far as at the rate of how many core leaders we have right now. There's just not enough to do what it is we do, and uh, it just wouldn't work. And so we we supplement those donations through our virtual summits. And our virtual summits do help us get a shot in the arm of, of funds that, that make it happen. They're a lot of work. They're great. I love them. We're, we plan on continuing to do them. And I'll talk about that maybe here in a minute. But it's just it's just not enough. But especially because we've hit some of the larger topics, right? We've talked about teaching. We've talked about helping individuals through a pornography addiction. We've talked about uh, LGBT Latter-day Saints, right? Like these are large topics that get a lot of attention when we do these summits, but they, they're done, right? And of course, we'll keep adding to them. They'll be made available again and again, and, and hopefully we'll be able to continue to raise some funds from those. But as far as those, that, those large, that large financial shot in the arm, the future summits we do, we anticipate that they're not going to have as much as of a, of a hit, right? So we're going to do a virtual summit about uh, leading young saints, you know, young people. How to lead them? How to not, not just for adults leading them, but how do their peers lead each other? There's things around mental illness or depression, anxiety. Some summits around uh, those topics that we hope to to cover. And and I have a good list here. And we'll there's plenty to cover: marriage, sexual intimacy. I mean, there's so many angles. I think that leaders face, you know, topics and things that we could definitely do at virtual summit. But we just anticipate they're not going to fundraise as much as others. Hopefully, we're wrong, but. Uh, Anyways, that's our that's our projection, is that it probably won't raise. So we basically we can't depend on summits to do that. So two areas which uh, we need your help is one is small donors, and those are the the core leaders, right? That give maybe fifteen dollars a month or a uh, hundred dollars a year or whatever it is. Having a recurring basis of donors is truly what we need. Those small donors, and and I hope that doesn't have a negative connotation to it, the core leaders, that's who I'm referring to, everybody out there. My goal with this episode and those coming up is to get you, not to get a bunch of core leaders, but to get you. That's right. You listening, wherever you are, I know that we can think other people can do this, but we need you to help. And whatever you can afford, we need you to help. All right. That's my goal is to get you to help. So small donors is the the first place. So to contribute, you can go to leadingsaints.org. There's a, a big donate button you can click on and it'll take you to the right page to become a core leader. But the small donors, we try and create value, exchange value for value. We have the core leader library, which is full of all past virtual summits. We have a separate podcast stream, which we're working on getting it fixed at the moment, but it is there. And we try and create additional value there. But as I've surveyed all the core leaders, by far, everybody says, you know, Kurt, that's great that you give, you know, the core leader library and all these other things. But I simply want to donate because I want to support the mission. I want to help you. I want to help uh, the board of directors. I want to help this community grow so that we can stimulate more productive, more effective leadership in our religious uh, community, right? So, Sure, there's are there additional things? Yeah, but I'm not going to dwell on those because I don't think that's why people are donating. They simply want to contribute and make this this possible. And then uh, larger donors, we need to be in touch with people who can write four-figure, five-figure, six-figure checks and uh, who have the resources to do that or maybe a foundation 
that is able to do that. Uh, we would love to make those connections. So if you're if you're listening out there, maybe you've uh, sold three companies and uh, you know you're you're retired in your in your forties or whatever, and you could write a big beautiful check. Would you reach out to me? Like I, I will take any convers any phone call with anybody that was willing to to sit down and understand our mission and to help us out because I guess I don't want this to come across that like oh Kurt needs some more core leaders so yeah I'll go help him out I'll contribute $50 a month, which would be great. We'll take it. But also, I don't want you to think, well, if you could do you know, 20000 a year, I don't want you to just default to that uh, $50 a month. So hopefully that makes sense. But the reality is, is if everything does, was to go in 2021, just like it went, went in 2020, we probably need, as we've gotten together as a board of directors, we probably need an additional $100,000 to keep things going. Now, on the surface, that thing seems like, wow, that's, you know, that's a lot. But you know, there's podcasts and organizations that that require that and much, much more. You know, many of my contemporaries that have or nonprofit third party organizations probably have a budget of a million dollars a year, right? And so we don't necessarily need that at this point. Maybe someday, depending on the the direction we go with this this mission and this organization. But for 2021, we need your help because we need an additional one hundred thousand dollars at least to help. Uh, follow through with the plans we have, uh, the mission we have, the goals we have. And so we need your help. So again, go to leadingsaints.org. You can hit the donate button and read all the details and make a contribution there. Now you may think, oh, I don't know if I could even you know, put a dent in, in that goal, but we just need you to give something. This needs to be a community for the people, by the people, right? For lay leaders, by lay leaders, right? So we need everybody's help to contribute something. And I was just talking with a bishop yesterday. And he was like, you know, at first it was sort of weird. As a bishop, I felt weird like contributing to a third-party organization to get uh, additional in- leadership content or leadership information. And uh, I, it just felt odd. And a lot of people, especially in our religious uh, tradition, we pay our tithing and it's sort of, we don't really look elsewhere to contribute because, well, we pay our tithing. But this is a place we definitely need. And again, it's a very uh, typical scenario with third-party organizations helping the church with their mission. It happens all the time. This type of fundraising is happening in uh, a more good foundation, Fair Mormon, in Book of Mormon Central. They're all doing this type of, of fundraising, maybe in a different form, but uh, we definitely need need your help in continuing our mission forward. If you're someone who can make a, a larger donation, I would love to contact you. You just go to leadingsaints.org slash contact and there, uh, that email will come to me and we'll start the conversation. And I also want to take the time to effectively illustrate, if I can, it would be impossible for me to do this completely, but effectively communicate just the impact we are having, okay? For several months this year, we've had over 250 downloads a month to the podcast. Now, you can't really track subscribers and exact people or how long they're listening or all these things, but the downloads you can you can hit, even if you listen through a through a Chrome, uh, you know, web browser, and you listen through that, and didn't necessarily download it, it still counts in that download number. Okay, a quarter of a million downloads around the world, people every month listening to the content of Leading Saints. So, if you did do the calculation of of that number and, and how many wards and stakes that represents, that would be about we're speaking to a 830 wards every month, and about 120 stakes every month. Now, that's back of the napkin type of calculation. But just to give you an idea, 830 wards, 119 or 120 stakes. 
Now, and it even goes beyond that because these aren't just everyday leaders that we're talking to. Sure, there's a lot in our audience who don't necessarily have a leadership calling, but these are leaders that are listening. Consider the impact that we're having on the church as a whole by reaching that type of audience, and we could do so much more, right? So the impact is real. It's there. And I want to read a few testimonials that just really touched my heart. And I get five or so of these a week of just emails. And if and if you wouldn't mind sending me an email, I would love that. Just to tell me how Leading Saints has impacted you. Tell me how it's changed you. What's worked, what hasn't. Give me feedback, whatever it is. But these testimonials really keep us going. And you know, they're hard to take to the bank and cash in, but nonetheless, they keep us going. This is this is raw motivation for us. So here's a few. Leading Saints has literally been a lifeline for me the last six months since I found it. I can't thank you enough for what you do. Here's another. I have never really supported any group or individual besides my regular church contributions, but you are the exception to my rule. I happened across your podcast one day. Do not remember the exact circumstance, but I was impressed with what you were doing. I began to follow Leading Saints on a regular basis, and after your summit on pornography, I was sold on what you were doing. In recovery from addiction myself, the quality and accuracy of information at the summit was impressive. I do not think that I have ever been disappointed by a podcast, always informative and many times moved by the Spirit. Hearing from real people that are dealing with or have overcome major obstacles in their lives is always inspiring. You are doing a great work with leading saints, and I tell everyone I can about it. I am happy to be a core leader. Here's another testimonial. Both my husband and myself love your podcast. It's changed our own leadership. We are far better leaders in church and in our jobs because of your podcast and those you interview. I share it often with anyone who will listen to my excitement. I found Leading Saints a little over a year ago. Our oldest son came home from serving an honorable mission when he was hit with a faith doubt. He was free-falling as his foundation of belief crumbled. I went searching and looking for anything I could find to help help with my crushed heart, and help me understand. That's how I found your podcast. I think the first one I listened to was a couple, I believe the Packer family. Their son and daughter-in-law talking about their experience of their faith changing and how they as parents and a family found understanding and love. The parents were mission presidents in Africa, I believe at the time. The son, a medical student with a young family. Their story was so helpful to know we were not alone, to gain insight and perspective and ideas and inspiration of how to become in our own family. I'm a bishop, and I had a mother in my ward who is a gospel doctrine teacher. She texted me this morning, telling me she is having a faith crisis and wanted to be released. I had found these two podcasts earlier and knew I needed to share them with her. I already did, and she's going to start listening to them on the way home from work today. Your podcast has made my calling as a bishop so much better, and I'm a culture changer now. (laughs) I love that. And again, I just love that we're giving leaders resources to turn to, right? Content to turn to that they can maybe send on to somebody rather than uh, try and say it again and again and again, the same way to every person that maybe goes through this. Next testimonial. I just completed watching the LGBT Saints Virtual Summit, and my heart is so full of compassion and love for this community. I have a cousin who came home a few years ago from his mission early and then shortly after came out. I'm from a small, prominent LDS community in the middle of nowhere. The cousin, of course, left his home quickly after coming out, probably for safety reasons as well as others, to go explore his identity. I have always felt uncomfortable with not knowing what to say or not say 
to him or his parents. I even debated unfollowing him on Facebook because I didn't like seeing pictures of him with his boyfriend, and I I was very judgmental and hoping he would find himself and be normal again. Your summit is exactly what I needed. I felt like I learned so much and have much repenting to do with how I have thought about my LGBT brothers and sisters. I feel so ashamed for my ignorance and lack of even wanting to know more. Because of your summit, I reached out to my cousin and expressed my desire to learn how to be a better human from him. And if he felt comfortable, would he share his journey with me so I could understand more? I haven't heard a response yet, and my palms are sweating and I'm nervous. It's not like I chat with him all the time, but I hit send, so there's no turning back now. Again, those are just a handful of testimonials that come through, and maybe I need to find a better way to, to share those, but we are having a dramatic impact on our community. And uh, I want to move this mission forward. And the reality is we need your help. Now, I know many of you, even the core leaders are listening, thinking, oh, well, I give already. And that's great. And man, we are so thankful. And if you haven't felt gratitude from us, would you reach out to me and let me know? <laughs> I'd never want that to come across. But would you consider maybe increasing your donation as well? Maybe you just went for the lowest amount that uh, you could when you did it, and uh, but maybe you could give a little bit more. We could really... We could really use it. Again, $100,000, an additional $100,000 is what we need for this coming 2021 year. And uh, we, we need your help to do it. And seriously, I'll, of course, I'll chat with any larger donor that can, can write a check. But seriously, I'll chat with anybody. You got $10 a month that you can put forward, $5 a month, whatever it is, I'll chat with you. Let's do this. Let's get together. I want to hear what excites you about this mission and uh, what you could do to help. And again, we're doing these uh, group Zoom meetings, 10 people or less, that uh, we all just get in a room and learn from each other, talk about leading saints. I get feedback from you and hear your experience, how you found it and whatnot. That, that may be a good place to start. And we'll link to where to go to register for that in the show notes if you want to do it or if you want to do it multiple times. I'm always willing to talk. I'll talk with anybody who's willing to contribute to this mission, no matter how big or small. I want to be in this with you. I want you to feel like you're in this with us and making a difference. Now, in this coming week, you're going to hear a variety of episodes come out, and they're going to be fun. I'm going to share various the various leadership principles and thoughts and perspectives that I've been thinking about. We're going to do talk about the top 10 episodes of 2020. We're going to talk about my 10 favorite books of 2020, my top 10 leadership books that I would recommend to any brand new leader in the church, talk about leadership skills, uh, certain leadership talks that have been shared in general conference, habits, widgets, whatever it is, they're just going to be fun. But if you'll listen to those, that'll be great. They're going to be short as well. And uh, hopefully it'll encourage you to contribute and see the mission that we're doing and uh, and that you'll be a part of this and that you'll help us move this mission further out into the world. As you know, I typically end most episodes with the question, right? Question being, as you have been a leader, How has that made you a better follower of Jesus Christ? And the reason I ask that question, and everybody, I don't know, maybe at this point it's sounding cheesier and cheesier, and and every podcast has their question, right? It seems like. But the reason I ask that is no matter what topic we talk about, no matter what author we have on, book they've written, event we're having, I always make sure that we highlight the Savior Jesus Christ at the end of every episode. Again, I don't do it on every episode, but definitely 90% of the episodes, it's there. And this is why we do it, is that we're building his kingdom. And it may seem awkward. It may, we may want to 
you know, default to, oh, Kurt, we're doing that in the, the church. Like, why do we need this organization to do that? Well, we need a lot to do that. The building of the kingdom just doesn't happen where the kingdom is managed and, and governed. The building of the kingdom happens in all of our lives, in every aspect we do, in every job sales call we go on, in every meeting we're in, whether it's a church meeting or not. The building of the kingdom happens everywhere. And we've outlined an organization called Leading Saints where his kingdom is being built. Now it needs funding. It needs a effort. It needs people taking time to do that. But it is kingdom building the same. And that's why we do this is not to necessarily create the the best leaders in the world, but hopefully through that effort of creating the best leaders, we create the best followers of Jesus Christ in the world. Again, leadingsaints.org. And there you can hit the donate button or go to leadingsaints.org slash contact and send me a message. I'd love to chat and see how we can help you become a part of the margin of this mission. So thank you for your support of Leading Saints. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away, and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.